0: episode 35 tossing lines welcome to the story in your head i'm ron macklin and today michelle and i discuss the practice of tossing lines we dive into what that phrase means and where it originated together we will work through what the process of tossing lines looks like and the impact it can have on your relationships Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally. You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at macklinconnection.com.
1: Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Michelle Masago. And I'm Ron Macklin. Today, we're going to talk about tossing lines. It's a phrase we use a lot in Macklin Connection. And so, Ron, I'm going to toss this one to you. What is tossing lines, and how did you come up with that phrase?
0: Great. Thanks, Michelle. Tossing lines, like the fundamental, is to be an offer of help to somebody. But it's different than just say, here's some help right? Like, like to hand somebody help. It's to ask a question or a series of questions or to share a vulnerable story. Those are like the three kind of main tools to work with. And the goal of tossing a line to someone is you're asking a question and you're helping them discover something. So help could be like, here, here's $5 and that's help. Or it could be a question like, like how much does that cost? And so the, those are both ways of helping. But in the, in the mode of tossing a line, you're actually looking at how do you help them make up a new story? Now, you can't control what they make up. So it's, it's not like it's a uh, cause and effect. Like I can do this and get that. It's you're actually helping somebody create a story. Now, it came from like the term tossing lines, came from watching Monty Roberts work in the pen. And when I watched him, because he knows he uh, has a way of joining up horses that is different than what the old style was, breaking horses. And he had a line that he tosses. And I thought that was a perfect metaphor, because a line doesn't hurt the horse. It may touch the horse, but the line's so light that it doesn't hurt the horse. What it does for the horse is it brings forth the threat of the environment. So it's like he throws a line behind the horse. Sometimes it touches a horse on its rear hunches. Sometimes it doesn't do anything, but the horse can see that. He can see the threat. He can see it. He might be able to feel the threat, but it's in a space where he's vulnerable. So the horse knows that there's a threat out there. And But it's not that Monty's the threat, right? So when we look at, when we toss lines, changing back to what we do, when we're bringing forth something for somebody, we can toss a line. We toss that line as we're asking a question, sharing a vulnerable story, series of questions. And many times it will perturb the other person to make up a story that they go, ooh, I don't like that. Like, that. ooh, that's, that's uncomfortable. But they're not looking at you and saying, you made me uncomfortable. It's they look at you and go, thank you for sharing that. I don't like it, but it's really good to know. So the distinction of tossing a line is to be an offer of help, to help somebody make up a story that helps them. And you're never the threat.
1: All right. So I, let me go back to the $5, right? So you can give somebody $5. That's pretty simple. it takes, very little of my time, right? Reach mm-hmm. in my pocket, pull $5 and give that to somebody and walk away. Is it help? Yeah, at some level. Or you can ask a question of how much does that cost? Which is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, right, it takes time. There's going to be interaction. There's going to be a discussion. Why would you toss a lie to somebody? Like it's much easier to give somebody the $5. What, what space do you find that, yeah, I want to open that space for somebody else, right? To think about.
0: I hold fundamentally, I need help. I need help from other people. And I, I don't need the help called, here's $5. What I need help with is how to think, what to learn, what to focus on, what's changing, what's opening, what's closing. And I need a conversation with people so that I can keep learning and growing. And when I offer $5, I have built the trust and obligation that someday maybe they'll give me $5 back, maybe 10. And then I, you know, right in a space, but that's not the help that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a partner, somebody who would be a, like a colleague or a friend that would have like, when they learn something, they want to share it with me. Like they want to toss me a line so I can learn something. And when I can toss a line that triggers somebody to think, and they look at me and go, where'd you get that? In that moment, they're a minus self. They're curious. They're open. They're in a space of wonder. And that's the kind of person that I want to be with. And I'm careful to say that's the kind of person as if people are kind to people and they just stay that way their whole time in that moment, that's the kind of person I'm looking for. Now, they could shift to being a plus self, which means they don't look for help and they don't need help. Or a minus self, like they need help. And when they're a minus self in that space, those are the kind of people that I want to be with. And those are the ones that are I can give help to quickly and easily with, with my questions and my stories. But it's also who I can learn from. And to build that obligation between both parties where you go when you learn something new, you go. Ooh, I can't wait to tell Michelle. This will be really cool. Or what would Michelle think about that? Maybe I should get her input. Right to open up that curiousness and the value of really having a connection with another person.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ron. There's a distinction in there for me: a connection with another person. Right, that's why you do that
0: to connect. And so, when you say connection. How does connection show up for you? Like what is it? Like describe a connection.
1: Connection is where there's an interaction, right? Curiosity between the two people. You learn, you explore. It might be better to say what's not a connection, right? Because sometimes the not that works easier for me than the Mm -hmm. that. So a not that is perhaps somebody that's in front of me at the grocery line that needs five dollars to finish up whatever they're doing that may be a 5 dollar opportunity right yep but the opportunity when i thought about when you asked the question what does that cost i immediately went to wow there's a whole background for me it's like what does that cost why does it cost that oh my god it costs more than it did before and it can lead me to all sorts of stories that i can now engage that person in like what do you think Right? What a great response to come back, where you start to explore and discover and learn together.
0: That's great, Michelle. The other thing I, I value and I treasure, but I also notice, is that when I'm tossing lines, I'm also learning, right? So it's like, if I just give somebody help of $5, I didn't learn anything. If I ask how much that cost, I'm also in my own head going like, how much does that cost? The cost the same? What should I do with that? How would I think about that? Where would I go with that? And it opens up the space of me being curious, me being open to learning from myself, from others, and from the situation. And I never know where I'm going to learn something from. So my stand is to be open to learning from everybody at any time. Connie always complains, you go to a movie to learn, don't you? "Uh, Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to learn there, right? That's just what I do. And it's like that is the power of all that is to be able to learn anywhere and everywhere. When I'm tossing lines, I'm learning. And when I'm receiving lines, I'm learning. And my stand is to be the same sort of help for everybody else.
1: So let's dig into tossing lines. What is that? Do you have an, an example sort of in the first time or early times where you tossed a line and kind of went, wow. That opened up something I never thought would open up
0: well, like first before I was tossing lines, I was throwing rocks. so the distinction of throwing a rock is where you say something to somebody and they look at you and you go, "I don't like that, and I don't like you now because I'm the threat, and I was the threat to a lot of people because I would show up and with some new knowledge, some new understanding, some new thinking, and I would present it in a way that, that it was a threat to them, and I was the threat that brought them to them, and they didn't want to be around me. I got that. When the first time, and I believe it was around, like, how much does it cost to live when you can't work anymore? That was a conversation. And I was starting out with a conversation of, like, hey, you know, this is how much it takes. And everybody looked at me like, I was, like, from Mars or something, or greedy or whatever that story was and they they, they basically want to talk to me. When I started to change the story from like you need to be learning this and here it is. I, I'm gonna share it with you right now to a place of so what do you want to do when you retire? Oh the head stories. Oh will you still work? No, I'm not gonna work. Oh. How much does that cost? And it was this long pause. At first, I thought they didn't have an answer. But then I learned later on at <laughs> different talks, they're trying to figure it out. Like they're in their head going, like, is that the number? Do I have the number? Do I oh how much will that cost? And also the story of why did I not know how much that cost? And outside it came off as crickets. And what I noticed was they were a different self. Like they came back and said, You remember that question you asked me two weeks ago? Uh, No, (laughs) I don't remember the question. You asked me how much it would cost to retire, be retired. And uh, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I go, I think I know how much it is. Oh, Mm -hmm. tell me about it. And at that moment, I realized something was different in the way I presented myself that triggered them to see me as a somebody to work with versus somebody to, to avoid. And that's been 24 years ago. Because I was in the middle of trying to figure it out for myself. I didn't know how much I was going to be into, but I had an idea. And I wanted to talk to people
1: about it. Yeah, so you triggered me with a phrase, somebody to work with rather than avoid. Right? That's a, that's a great phrase that's in there. So when I think back in, in my life, rock throwing, as we call it, right, where you put that person on the defense uh-huh. was certainly an expertise. Right? And, and people do walk away, and they may never come back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I noticed. It's like, well, something's off too, right? Because people are running away. And I didn't want that to happen because some of the people were really valuable help for me. Mm-hmm. And telling people what to do or asserting what they need to do, right? We're all forms of rocks. And when you start asking the question from a what worked for me, what really helped me, is the mood of curiosity. That's good. Right? That everything comes from a mood of curiosity. No matter what that person was saying, even if you think it's nuts, like, why do you think that? Or tell me more about that. Right? And come for them. And you are, I was shocked at how much I would learn from some background of something I never expected. And you're right. Then you're not avoided as much, are you? I love that phrase work with rather than people running away.
0: One of my part of my stand is wealth and there's a way to categorize wealth, like like how much capital money you have in a bank, right? That's like, that's a place to be wealth. And the other way to cap, to look at it is like a, a social capital as in who's in your network. Who do you know and learn and work with? And the more powerful people that I can bring into my network, right? And the people who are in my network do better the more capital I have and the more wealthy I am. When I have a question on a conversation today, somebody said, I got this problem. I don't know what to do with it. I think we're just going to sell and get rid of it, right? And I said, oh, well, here's some other things to think about. And then it looked at me like I was from Mars. And I said, you don't want to take care of these details, do you? No, I don't. Neither does my wife. Cool. Let me introduce you to somebody to take care of all of that. I take a small percentage and he does a great job. Now, my capital is the networks that I had. One, I had a relationship with this person, and I had a relationship with somebody else, and I could bring them together and connect them, produce dignity for both of them. That's a whole new space of opportunity for them. It's our networks. It's our people that we know who trust us and are open to our conversations. And those are, I found, built quicker when you're tossing lines, when you're being curious.
1: So any examples of, I'm going to call it failure and recovery, (laughs) where where, where it didn't quite work as you expected in the beginning, and how you maybe recovered that relationship? Because I'm sure, well, I can only speak for myself. I've had, I've tossed some rocks that I, I didn't really intend. But how do you recover that with some lines? Or do you? Because you're not going to get it right all the time. At least I
0: won't. No, no, I've never gotten it right (laughs) all the time. Tossing lines is like baseball, right? If you get one out of three batting 333, you're doing pretty good. So first I want to go through a little bit about the mechanics of that. When we say something out loud into the world, write it, say it, put it out in the world. Most people are trying to help. Nobody's sitting around going, how can I throw a rock at somebody? But it's how the other person listens to it. It determines whether it's a rock or a line or a feather. And for those who are not familiar with feather, feather means you say something and it makes no difference whatsoever. They don't even hardly hear it. They may hear the words, may remember it, may not, but it doesn't affect them in any way. You're not memorable. Now they make up a story about that. And I had shared, well, what I thought was tossing lines with somebody for about six months. And finally, I realized every time that we interacted, they made up a story that I was a threat and they they were avoiding me. We were doing stuff together at the time, but it got harder and harder to get in contact and they started to drift away. And I was all full of stories in my head like, well, there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with me. Clearly, they're not smart enough to understand it, right? Or I have totally screwed up what I'm doing and that it's not showing up for them right. And neither one of those are, th- are the actual case. And for about two years, I went to the place of, well, they're they not going to accept my help. They're not interested in what I'm doing. I got it. Next, I moved on. And then when I, I bump into them, they gave me a chance to recraft my stand, which we worked on the last podcast, and to rework it to say, is he doing the best he can? Is he all in? Does he care? Is he a good guy? Is he a good dad? Is he a good parent, husband to his wife? All of those spaces, right? And as I began to shape that he's doing the best he can and that he's a good guy and all that, I found that I could shut down and calm my stories in my own head. And then for probably somewhere around four to five years, we kind of went from being kind of transactional to uh, having a conversation here and there. And then about nine years later, right, he came back to me and said, do you remember that story you told me like nine years ago? And I was going, yes, I remember them." And he goes, you pissed me off. I, I was insulted, and I, I didn't know what to do. But now I see what you were saying, and I can say thank you. So I was throwing rocks because he made up there were rocks and I changed my stand, and it only took, you know, what, seven years or something to recover? Now, you can say that's a long time. It is. Then again, you recovered. And we're still friends, and we do things together. We actually own some businesses together, and we're in a, a very great space with each other. But those original rocks kept us from getting together for, you know, eight years, nine years, to being what I would consider to be somebody who I have a connection with, a trust with. And as he's gone through his life, as we've gone through our life, when something happens, he's one of the people I pick up and call because we have that deep connection. Did I answer your question, Michelle?
1: Yeah, it did. At least I I acknowledge you for recovering the relationship because I think there are some that have gone a long way for me and still not recovered to work through it. So we talk about tossing a line. Do you have a set of them? Do you make them up? How do you toss a line? Like, okay, that's easy to say. But what the heck is that?
0: Yes, I have some that I use on a regular basis. The first line I always toss is to myself, whatever I'm going to toss a line. The first thing I toss to myself is you're enough. Baseball is a really good line to toss yourself, right? One out of three, you're doing really good. Four out of 10. whoo, you're kicking it. Right. And know that it's, they get to make up whether it's a line or a rock. Like that's a, Creating my way of being before I get started matters more than any tactical line that you can memorize from a card, right? And when I hold that I'm being enough, I can relax, I can quiet my mind, I can listen to every word that they say and trust that my mind, my brain, my my nervous system will notice where to toss a line, either because it's something missing in what they're doing or there's something missing in what I'm doing and I can bring it up. So it's not just about having an inventory of lines, which I sat down to write it up one time and it came up with somewhere around 95. And then I started working with a group and then we were up to like 135. And, and some of those had subparts of 28 parts. And so like there's a whole list of lines that doesn't help to have the list of lines. What really helps is creating who you are before you toss one creating who you are before you receive one and trusting yourself. And when you throw a rock to reach out and say, Hey, did that show up as a rock? It was not my intention. And if I did throw a rock, I apologize. Now they also go like, "What's a rock. I don't know what that means. And it's a great place to open up a space for that. And what's a great place to do is to show that you are holding their concerns and you're holding your own concerns. That's a space to just dance. Some of my favorite ones are they'll say some word and I'll go, so why'd you choose that word? And what I've really reflected on is there's something about their stand that that word doesn't fit into. Like it doesn't fit into what they believe, what I, what they've said they believe in. And so not saying, Hey, that does not fit into your stand. You just go, tell me more about that word. Why'd you choose that word? About 70% of the time they go, I said that word. Yes. Yes. You, you said the word. And they reflect and they go, I did say that word. And a lot of that brings forth for them, their stories that are in their head that they don't even know are in their head. They are them, not that they have them. The other one line is, how's that working out for you? Right, so the, anything that's that they're in the middle of, they're doing and all that stuff, you get committed to finishing something because it's you said you'd finish it, not that it's going to work out for you. And so to toss the line, how's that working out? It normally it follows up with not well. Oh, what are you going to do about that? And there's no direction to say you should stop or you should start or you should change or you should do anything. All you're doing is is giving them a chance to reflect on their own space that normally people are too busy too head down trying to get stuff done that they can't see what they're doing. Me too. Like I'm guilty of that as myself. I'll get into writing an article and pretty soon I realize, holy crap, what am I doing here?
1: Thanks Ron. Some reflections for me to go back to the term used feathers, right? So, when I think back, I was also pretty good at feathers because they were safe, right? If you toss one, it's insignificant. So, you spoke up. Yes, I spoke up in the meeting. Excellent. I could check something off, but it was an insignificant thing to say. Mm-hmm. So, it had no impact. And I guess I didn't harm a relationship, but I didn't build anything. And then, what I found with that is still people would walk away right? Because you're not doing anything of significance that's helping them. And it took me a while to sort of figure that out. So to be able to ask those questions that are help the person and meaningful for both me and the other to discover something new. And I, I guess the, the first one, when I was starting to study this, it's like, okay, I'm going to have my list of inventories. I'm going to wait for the opportunity for the conversation to get to a certain spot that I can ask this line. It didn't work so well, <laughs> you know? And instead, one day I, I was talking to a good friend of mine. She was an educator, and she was trying to figure out how to open this school. This was all pre-COVID, and I had done a lot of work with virtual schools for a lot of time. And, you know, I couldn't understand why she wanted this physical school. Because like, it, it was going to cost her a fortune to fix the darn building and still not open anything and get any students through. And I finally looked at it, and I just said, so what is a school? And the first moment... I was horrified at myself because I'm like, did I just insult that person? Oh my God, they're going to yell at me, right? And I went through all this crap and she's like, I don't know. What is it? And, I was, and then we had a discussion and she has now opened up a virtual school and is teaching people from all over the world. And she's like, I never would have been able to have students from Poland and this and that if I didn't really examine what a school was and what that looks like. So I keep remembering that, that it wasn't having them written down and to trust myself that the lines will come. Yeah,
0: thanks, Michelle. It brings up an ethic of mine that I work as, as rigorously as I can. When we're tossing lines and people make up something, sometimes they look at, well, you gave me that. And I'm real clear, I didn't give you anything. Now, did I? am I a source of help? Yes. Maybe you want to reach back out to me in the future? Cool. You made up that story. What she made up to be the school of a virtual school and all that. All you said was, What is a school? That's the line that was tossed that perturbed her as a way for her to create something different. So she created it. She implemented it. She went forward. It's all hers. And that's the beauty of, or the power of, tossing lines is you're triggering or giving people space to create something that they really, really want but until that moment it hadn't occurred to them, but then they create it. So when people have created all kinds of exceptional performances in different plus spaces, I'm real clear the people who are there, they did it and I give them the credit for it. I acknowledge people for what they've created and yes, I'd love to be around to help you in the future and I'd love your help in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ron. It, it, it has built a relationship where I'd say line tossing is now a standard for both sides, right? When we talk about a debate, she's also an author. And when she's writing a book, what do you think about this, right? And different ideas and things that are going in there. So it, it opened up a whole new space from feather tossing. I don't know if you can toss a feather, but feather floating to meaningful conversation to discover new things for both of us.
0: And the relationship my like my experiences, the relationship like that, even though there may be a time where like you you drift apart because of like you're not you're not connecting, you're not talking or whatever that is, right? But the moment you get back together, you're right back where you were before. Because there's a connection, a trust between the two people, one of being a source of help and one of being a source of creativity. And like you look forward to seeing them again. And in our work, if you can create a space where people really look forward to seeing you, when your phone rings, they go, oh, Michelle, so cool. I wonder what it's going to be. That's what we're looking for. That's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ron. The feather throwing usually gets you a, a click to stop it from ringing, right? Where <laughs> the other side. will probably get you an answer or at least a quick reply back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I accept. I accept. Michelle. What showed up for you on, on our work today on, on uh, tossing lines?
1: So what's different for me is, is tossing myself the first line, right? That I am enough. Because I keep going back to that one time where I tossed that line and I was the inside voice of me was horrified because I thought I had insulted her, right? Because this is a long time. What do I know about education, right? This is a long time teacher. Who am I to say something like that? And it was the best thing I ever did. But that to have confidence, right? That I am enough and I'm there to help somebody and to help me. So that mood of curiosity, and that mood of help, and the mood of enough.
0: That's really good, thanks Michelle. What stories could you tell yourself while they're sitting there quiet? Like you've tossed the line and they're quiet for a while. And you, you and our, our instinct is to go right to panic, right? What stories could you tell yourself?
1: Yeah, so I did panic quietly in, inside my head, mm-hmm. but I gave the space because I could see her her eyeballs twirling, mm-hmm. right? They are absolutely having a conversation and to give them the space to have it and see what emerges.
0: It's great. Thanks, Michelle.
1: And how about for you, Ron? Any new thoughts or from the session today?
0: I'm really working the stories of when I toss a line and I'm sitting there. I mean, I I, I have metaphors I use for that space, but to go, if I toss a line and they make it up, it's a rock. Here's what I'm going to try on from now on. They're gonna make up whatever they make up. And if I've offended them, I can jump in like immediately and just you know, apologize and and clean it up. Right. And if they're working it in their head, like they're gonna create something that I'm just looking forward to learning about. So it's either I'm gonna learn something new, or I get a chance to practice cleaning up from my through a rock. And both of those like I'm working this to say there's just peace sitting there in that. Once you've tossed the line, It's just peace. It's either well, I clean it up or I learned something. And that allows me to be with them versus being in my head. And that's what I'm going to work on. That's what I got from the call today. Thank you, Michelle.
1: Thanks Ron. Thank you all for
0: listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Not only does it help the show, but we'd love to hear from you. If you have a minute, share your feedback.
1: Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.